Hello, I'm Brittany Wilson. I'm Nia Wasink, and you're listening to The The Nonprofit Nonprofit Reframe. Reframe. Together, Nia and I have over 30 years of nonprofit experience. We've worked the program side, the business side, and everything in between. We are reframing the nonprofit experience by challenging the status quo, because we know that nonprofits and their staff are undervalued, under-resourced, and unrelenting. Welcome back to the Nonprofit Reframe. Good evening, folks. This is the Nonprofit Reframe After Dark. Oh, you're using your salty voice. (laughs) We are recording this at 6.30 on Wednesday, November 11 for release next Monday. I love that um, Nia is turning on her salty voice and I'm in full on fleece nightshirt pajamas. <laughs> I guess that's how we do um, podcasts in the dark. I think this is one of our few evening recordings we have done. And the last time it devolved pretty quickly into giggling. So we'll see how this one goes. I know. It does take the explicit rating and make it a little bit more real. like Because of the nightshirt? <laughs> Because of the nightshirt. Because we're also in the cloak of darkness. <laughs> so, all right, people. Um, I'm going to get real. This is Brittany confession time. That this is actually take two on an episode for next week. Because we had a lovely afternoon, didn't we? We did. Where we did a live recording. Had a great group of folks. So fun. Um, we even spoke in that recording. I did. I made comment about how we were so versed at the live recordings now because we had done a few, felt comfortable. And I want, this is my mea culpa. I just want to say I'm super sorry to everybody who attended said recording and expected to then hear it next week because, whoops, I never hit record. (laughs) so we have learned an important lesson here that to record a podcast you actually have to hit record you do unless you just want to hear one side of the conversation which we did contemplate releasing (laughs) and maybe we will in the future so for those that don't know how this works we're both in our respective homes um and i'm recording just my audio and recording that and Nia's recording just her audio and then we put them together to have a conversation. But right now we just have Nia's side of the conversation recorded. And so I thought it would be fun to go ahead and release that and then you as the listener could be me. And you have your own conversation and fill in for my parts. <laughs> it's like podcast Mad Libs. Exactly. Ah, uh, I fucked up. So I'm sorry. Um, but the good news is, is that now we're going to have this episode, which wasn't planned. And this is and a super be- important, relevant one. So maybe in the end, it will all work out perfectly. And again, 
deepest apologies to the Consultants Leadership Forum, who will not hear their episode ever air. For those 16 people in attendance, that one was just for you. That's a nice way to put it. It, it really was <laughs> a special episode just for them. Damn it. All right. So what are we going to talk about then? Well, I, I mean, our listeners, uh, we, we did get some mail um, since the last time. And listeners thought it was a little bizarre listening to us record on Election Day before before we had the knowledge, before we knew. And now we have the knowledge. We have all the knowledge. So, of course, this is our election roundup. Got to talk about what actually happened, what occurred, good, bad, and otherwise, and uh, talk about where we go from here. So, where we last left us was Tuesday, November 3rd in the afternoon. Um, that evening, kind of depressing. Yeah. Did you did you watch the returns coming in? Oh, yeah. So, my kids are both in Girl Scouts, and my oldest daughter was given an electoral map of the U.S., and she was supposed to color in each state, either red or blue. And I took it from her and used it as like a <laughs> – it was like my coping mechanism for the evening. But then it got so frustrating because I'm like, is it red or is it blue? Or like – Okay, this is blue. Oh, wait a minute. Now they pulled it back. Now I don't know what it is. And then what the fuck is Nebraska? Like I was so confused. It and was, Maine. Have you And Maine, yeah. They're red and blue striped. But on some maps, on some news channels, it would show blue. And then on others, it would show red. And then on yet others, it would be both. So, um, yeah, you know how they try to say, like, you know, coloring is calming, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but then it was not so calming. <laughs> well, I went through eight pounds of flour uh, over last week, so uh, clearly implemented my coping mechanism to get through all that drama. And boy, was one, it drama. One of... And I know we said it before, but I'm going to say it again as many times as I can because I think it's amazing. Um, one of which you are now an expert <laughs> in the news. Okay. So quick funny story on that. I was, re I was meeting with a prospective client this week and she goes, it, like we get through the whole thing, scope it out. Okay. I'll send you whatever. And she goes, I, I just have to bring this up. Were you in the paper for baking? Oh, my God. And I immediately turned bright red, of course. And I was like, ah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess that was me. And she was like, I saw it. And the name looked familiar, but I'd never met you. So I wasn't sure. And your cat is beautiful. And do you have a calendar of your cats on your fridge? Yes, I do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's hysterical. I still cannot believe that a photo, like a, what's it called? Photo team came to your house. There, okay, there it is. Um, to take a picture of you fake baking. <laughs> and that the article had nothing to do with nonprofits. Mm, absolutely nothing. Yeah. I'm going to have to call my PR team and talk about that. <laughs> Your 15 minutes of fame right there. Yeah. But yes, I also spent a lot of time with the map. 
Uh, learned a lot more about Pennsylvania counties than I ever thought I needed to know. Right. Um, shout out to Steve Kornacki and um, all of the Twitter thirst for him as well. That was very fun to watch. Well done. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, fun fact, he's gay. That was a bummer. Oh. I know. I, he came out years ago. I just found out in the midst of the Twitter thirst following of Steve Kornacki. It burst your crush bubble. It did. I mean, it really was a bummer because that was my my plan. I, I actually said that to my <laughs> husband, and he was like, what? And I was like, you can't do math in your head like that. And he was like, yeah, sure, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. You can have that. Um, yeah. Well, I, I just – I don't even know how they do it. And they were on – for what, like 72 hours straight and all the different scenarios. I mean, it's just so funny. It's like, we're invested in Pennsylvania. And then I'm like, screw you, Pennsylvania. I don't even care because we're going to get Arizona and Nevada. And then it's like, oh, wait, we don't have Arizona and Nevada. Wait, Pennsylvania, come back. Come back. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think we know Alaska yet. I mean, they're still like stranded on some fishing vessel off the Bering Strait. What the hell's going on up there? I think one of the silver linings was all the memes that came out about the different states. And one of my favorites was um, uh, it said something to the effect of like Kanye won in Nevada and they just don't know how to tell us. Oh, man. But it was definitely one of those experiences, and you knew going through it that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If you ever watch that kid's movie, In and Out, is that what it's called? I don't know. What are we talking about? Um, But it's about core memories. It's about all your memories. And it's going to be a core memory. And so um, I really feel like it's also going to be that for my kids. Mm. You know, they're six and eight. This is the first election that they've really been aware of. And um, it was just really sweet to see their excitement when we found out Biden won. Where were you? How did you find out? Uh, we were at home, and I think I found out from you, no. actually. I think I think you te- – I mean, we were texting back and forth because, remember, we're actually friends. Friends in real life, and- yeah. and um yeah i think you told me about pennsylvania and then i turned it on and then um of course man those speeches holy cow oh on saturday night yeah 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 i don't i had such a visceral response to them Mm -hmm. that i wasn't exactly expecting i mean i knew that I did, I had been anxious and I was excited, but then just kind of hearing them talk, and it was the messaging that really kind of hit home of like, oh, thank God, like this is, yeah. oh, this is hope. This is you know inspiring. This is calming to some mm-hmm. extent. And so um, I called the girls in to watch, and. Um, I told Harper that I said, you know, one day you're going to have kids and they're going to ask you, do you remember, were you alive when the first woman and woman of color was elected as vice president? 
And I'm like, and you're going to say, yes, I do. I was eight years old and I remember it because your grandma made me watch it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, when you're a kid, you just don't, you don't see the gravity. You don't feel the gravity of it. You know, it's just another adult talking. (laughs) Totally. Well, she had a really bad headache that day. And so she's like, yeah. And I'm also going to remember it as the day I had the worst headache of my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So dramatic. Always. So dramatic. So dramatic. But yeah, where were you when you found out? Um, I was uh, on the couch watching Steve Kornacki, as I do. Um, You know, but as things went on, I did realize that I needed to kind of pace my intake of both the news and also Twitter Um, I had taken last week, Monday through Wednesday off. And so having, I think that much time and availability on Wednesday to just take that in ended up being a bit of a system overload for me. So I really reined it in. Um, but Saturday I had, um, a call at 10 AM, um, for the candidate whose campaign I've been working on, who won handedly three quarters of the vote. Woohoo! So I had said, okay, I'm going to give myself like... An hour before that, just see if there's anything going on, because I'm sure people on the call are going to be in the know. I want to make sure I'm up to speed. And then not again till uh, Saturday night when my husband gets home from work. And so I'm sitting there, kind of putzing around on my computer, checking Twitter, and it comes up like it was breaking during people's interviews, right? Because it wasn't when people were expecting the the dump, <laughs> as they kept calling it, <laughs> which was very unsettling, the dump. Um and so, yeah, then I immediately, like, started texting um, friends, especially my friends with kids, because 9.30 on a Saturday, you're probably not tuned in yet. Wanted to make sure you knew right away. Um, and then um, sat on the couch crying all the way up until uh, my meeting started. <laughs> and I texted my friend who who had just won the election, and I was like, I'm going to be late. <laughs> I am not camera ready. <laughs> Aww. But it was just, it was such a relief, right? Like, it wasn't necessarily even, like, tears of excitement. It was just, like, it's done, and it's okay. Yeah. And then, I mean, the speeches Saturday night just, like, brought it all home of, like, how important this was and and what's possible now. And that was one hell of a firework display. (laughs) Those drones? You know... Holy shit. You know I love all things Americana, and that was like Americana at its best. <laughs> I loved it. I, this is, I, I mean, really, like, not the most important thing in all of this, but it was kind of nice just to see the um, the families elect on stage and appearing yes. like they genuinely loved each other. I know. I know. Like, there there was actual compassion between them. They were excited together. I didn't realize I was missing that. I know, right? Yeah. Well, I promise we will talk about fundraising. We're getting to it. There's something coming. Um, (laughs) But we also wanted to report on the ballot initiatives that we endorsed. Did you see how they all went? I think so. I mean, yeah. I want to say yes, but I'm afraid you're going to put me on the spot, and then I'm going to get one wrong. 
I feel like the only one that I know of maybe that didn't pass, maybe there was another one, was the the citizen one. So there were two that we had endorsed one specific way that did not go our way. And one of them was that citizenship one. So now the Colorado Constitution will be amended to say only a citizen can vote or whatever bullshit it is. And the income tax um, one. Oh, that's right. I did know about that. Yeah. Yeah. So that one passed and we didn't want it to pass. So income taxes will be reduced, which will create a larger budget shortfall for the state of Colorado. And that's bullshit. Um, we actually still have two that haven't been called. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is that the Gallagher? Gallagher uh, was amend- – that amendment passed. It went the way we wanted it to. That was good. Charitable gaming we don't know yet. Too close Wait, to call. Wait, what? And really? Tabor. Mm-hmm. Tabor. That's what it was. Yeah. Really? Charitable gaming is controversial, huh? I was really surprised. I was watching the returns come in that night, and right off the bat, they it was close. Um, and it's still too close to call. I wonder – I'll look up, like, how close we are right now, but it was it was tight when I looked earlier today. I'm surprised I mean, people I, would even have opinions. And maybe they don't, and it was just like, close my exactly. eyes. <laughs> yes, no. Exactly how I am sometimes with the judges. I didn't say that. But I said that. Brittany. I know. I know. I'm doing better. I'm doing better. But I definitely, there was a time where it was like, "Mm, maybe. Okay. Um, And I just feel like that one is so obscure. If, I I mean, multiple people ask me about it. And if I was not so embedded, I I mean, even being embedded in the nonprofit sector, you heard it. I mean, we had to sit and discuss it and break it down because I was kind of confused as Mm -hmm. what they were trying to gain and who was gaining from it um so yeah it might have just been misunderstood yeah so uh i've got the up-to-date numbers this was updated as of 6 45 p.m today um Whoa, that was three minutes ago oh my god three minutes ago we um, are like giving you up to the minute <laughs> updates well, I actually have nothing new to say, really, and they're not getting this till Monday, so. Oh. <laughs> um, so right now, they only have 91% of the vote counted, and it's 52% yes, 48% no, but this is a constitutional amendment, so it requires a 55% yes vote to pass. So we still have another oh. 3% to gain. I don't know if it's going to make it through or not. Fascinating. Isn't it? But yes, Gallagher Amendment repeal passed. Tobacco taxes passed. National popular vote passed. Great for that. Gray wolves. Um, the abortion ban was denied. Thank God. Denied. And then we got paid. Paid, paid family medical leave insurance. Woohoo! Oh my gosh, that is such a huge win. Yeah, that's a big deal. Really big deal. It. So this is where I just think it's so interesting. Like, there's clearly no Colorado voter because I I kind of lump these as, like, social issues, taxes, or or money-related, and other, where I'm going to put, like, charitable gaming and gray wolves. (laughs) Right. Like, on the tax front, there wasn't, like, one – one type of response. It wasn't like, okay, we are for lower taxes or we are for higher taxes. 
it was split based on each item. Like yeah. how, what the fuck are we supposed to do with this, y'all? Yeah. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It really is. So the good news what... with all oh. of this, like getting buttoned up for the most part. I mean, obviously Trump is not going to go without kicking and fucking screaming. Um, but I don't know about you, but my inbox is way happier right now. Right. Which is what I was just going to bring up. So here we go. We're bringing philanthropy back into the conversation. Um, so I asked Nia this question right before we started recording and she was like, let's talk about it on the podcast. Um, it's going to really expose some naivete on my part. I'm okay. I am who I am. Um, but I was really confused because here we are leading up to the big night. Big night happens. We're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. And meanwhile, like ding, 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 go the emails from Joe Biden into my inbox asking for money. Please give more money. Can you have money? Give me money. Give me money. And I'm thinking, what, like, what is that money going towards? I don't understand. Is that debt reduction? Is that like you overspent your campaign and you need money for debt reduction? But I was curious as to whether, like, if he gets elected, can he use, does he have access to that money anymore? Because the campaign's technically over. He can't use it for, like, ongoing expenses of being an elected official. He can use it for other campaign-related things. Like, um... He will start, if he hasn't already, fundraising for his reelection. That's insane. Are you serious? Yes, I'm very much serious. So anything raised for campaigns can be kept as long as it's continued to use for campaigns. And there are So he can just he can just like dump it into his next campaign. Essentially. That's right. That's like the visual I have is like these buckets of money and he's just like dumping it into <laughs> different, different buckets that yeah. now say 2024 on them. Right. Yeah. And there probably is some debt reduction. Um, there's also the threat of lawsuits, um, which are still tied to the campaign. So he can fundraise huh. for those ongoing expenses. Okay. All right. Which it, uh, didn't, we... it didn't work for me, unfortunately. Well, it's okay. Here again is where political fundraising is so different. The number of goddamn emails was out of control. I'm getting them from states I have never even visited, much less given a shit about their election. And I'm not even talking about like for Senate races where, yeah, I, I do care a little bit more. I'm getting like state house of North Dakota. Why? why? <laughs> How did you get my email from the oh, I can't say it out loud. I'm not going to say it out loud. But that's what I think is so funny. You're on these really random ass mailing lists. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I'm sure it's because I gave to a candidate somewhere else and it got sold and yada yada. But I mean, the, the emails are nonstop. And sometimes they're, the tone of them feels really off. Like, I really yeah. hate the ones that uh, are shaming. Like, I, like Trump's? Seen- well, Trump's are bad. We'll get to Trump's in a minute. I just remember one of the ones I got in the last few days was like, um, Nia's election history. Voted 2016. Check. Voted 2018. Oh. Check. 
voted 2020 unknown gave 2020 no (laughs) (laughs) that's hysterical i love it we got one but i don't think it was asking for money and it was like whether your vote was counted and it was like naming the different elections and for one of them it said like not counted and i'm like wait what my vote wasn't counted you should go and check you can not for this election i know you can for past ones yeah for two elections ago yeah why wouldn't it have been counted i don't know but you should go find out i mean you can't fix it. it but now i'm curious yeah it could have swayed the election it could have there was that hanging Chad. No, I'm just kidding. I have no <laughs> wrong election. <laughs> <laughs> so while we were just getting inundated, uh, the Trump campaign not only inundated their people, but did it in some of the most fascinating ways possible. Um, I saw this. It was kind of blown up a little bit on Twitter and Facebook over the weekend. And then actually John Oliver uh, included it in his recording this week. And so then I like did even more digging it. Okay, so put on your fundraiser caps, all you listeners out there. You are a candidate. It's not looking good for your election. You're trying to appeal to your base to get one more round of fundraising. What do you do? Well, the great folks at the Trump campaign decided to send an email that reads, This is your final notice. So far, you've ignored all our emails asking you to join us in defending the election. You've ignored Team Trump, Eric, Laura, Don, the Vice President, and you've even ignored the President of the United States. Shut <laughs> up. I just want to point out that I absolutely adore the voice that you're using for that. It's like you're about to say, this message will self-destruct in 20 seconds. I'm prepping to be like a WWE announcer. (laughs) And taking the ring, we have Snakeskin! (laughs) Ah, I would love to know if that shit works. Well, so we've got the tone of the email, and then, again, I love this. And here's where um, our political fundraising and philanthropic fundraising, like, really line up. So they had to specify in the Trump email that any contribution would be split between um, continuing to, you know, support the recount in the lawsuits and debt retirement for the campaign. Oh. We know how well that goes over generally. (laughs) Yeah. People don't necessarily like to fund debt reduction. No, not so much. Mm-mm. 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 You lost. <sighs> not going to pay for your loss. Mm-mm. Huh. I, I will be curious to see, like, what, if anything, comes of the that final push of fundraising emails, because they're pretty ridiculous by my count. <laughs> I know. Well, I had heard rumors because I don't, I mean, this isn't a new tactic. I think they've been using this for the entire time he's been in office. Mm -hmm. And I love the people that like subscribe just so they can get the emails and keep, keep the enemy closer, so to speak. Um, But yeah, it's fascinating. I still can't believe that Biden's already going to start fundraising for his next campaign. (laughs) 
That's the way it works. I know, I know. It it is also interesting, I think, um, from a an outsider's perspective to like get these emails recognize like it's nothing we would ever do in traditional fundraising yet clearly it works right like they wouldn't deploy them otherwise um and generally this this level of political campaigns also have way more data right like they know more about who's getting the emails and their um behaviors and so part of me does wonder like what the what the psychology is there and if there's something to be learned for philanthropic fundraising. To be clear, I'm not saying like send your donors three emails a day with like scare tactics. There's probably still something and I don't know what it is. So you think it's like bullying works? Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I mean, that's been like the whole thing with Trump, hasn't it? Yeah. Like, how are people buying this shit? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I know. What is the psychology behind that? I don't know. Hmm. Well, I am so glad that we got an opportunity. This was going to be a mini-sode um, because, obviously, we wanted to wrap up all of our predictions predictions hmm. did we even predict anything anxieties just our yeah or our hopes um and come full circle on that um but i also wanted to use this as an opportunity to talk about we've got a big anniversary coming up next month <laughs> yes we do i know i didn't talk to nia before i i telling her that I was going to bring this up, but this is the way I roll. I like to put it in the universe because then it holds us accountable. So next month, December, 2020 is our, you can say it. Oh, one year anniversary. One year anniversary. So I can't believe it. We have been on the air every week for one year coming up next month and I think we have some anniversary celebrations planned so this is all I'm doing is planting a seed that's what this is right now for you to stay tuned because we have some really excited exciting stuff coming up um in a few weeks I was just in our uh our account looking at all of our data and such on our recent episodes and realized that with our mini-sodes, we have officially released more than 52 episodes of content. That is wild. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Old pros. As long as we hit record. (laughs) As long. Touche, my friend. Touche. Yeah, so please stay tuned. We have... um, We've been talking about some fun things that we can do, really try to have an interactive experience with y'all, um, tape it, hit record on it. Yep. Um, so it should be fun. Absolutely. Um, since I don't think we have it. Do we have any takeaways? Well, we do. Uh, you went a little bit oh, ri- okay. rogue <laughs> jumping in with that. I did. Ahead of time. Uh, because we talked about a lot of good things, but there were also some pretty bad things in the election, and I think that is where we 
get some of the takeaways for our road forward. Um, I don't know about you, but I was certainly um, pretty disappointed in the fact that it was so close. Um, the, the term repudiation was <laughs> Googled so many times that it came up on Merriam-Webster's dictionary as one of the top Googles of the week. Uh, because we saw that it was not a repudiation of white supremacy and homophobia and xenophobia and all of the bullshit Trump does. Um, it was very clear that we have a lot of work to do. Um, and the reason that Biden won was because of of folks rising up, um, of organizers putting in a shit ton of work to ensure people got to the polls um, who Absolutely. often don't have access or have active voter suppression against them. Um, and so we yep. have not only a massive debt of gratitude for those folks, but um, we need to ensure that they are getting all the support that they need. Um, I think it's a real call to ensure that our philanthropic dollars are going to these organizations that are doing community-led organizing, that are really getting that civic engagement going. Um ensuring that we've got groups that are monitoring voter suppression. And then, obviously, I mean, we have so much work to do to not only identify, but then really dismantle white supremacy. The fact that millions of Americans were like, yeah, this is cool, this is good, just shows the size, scope, and scale of the amount of work we have to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we had... I mean, and that's right. That's where the despair came on Tuesday night. Yeah. So, and, and it was really interesting because I had some more conservative people in my life saying, I don't understand why you and all your friends are so sad when it was seeming like Biden was going to maybe win, but we still... We're pretty down in the dumps and they just didn't get that it's because we really wanted this to be a landslide and maybe it will be by the electoral votes but i mean we really wanted it to be a statement of this shit isn't going to stand anymore and we're going to break down this structure um and the fact is is that half of america doesn't want that yeah yeah I mean, part of me genuinely hopes that um, with the tr the change in administration um, that we can start to have more of these conversations. Um, like, things have become so polarized that you can't even, like, broach the subject without such a visceral reaction on either side, right? And so we're not really able to address these. And I'm seeing this within my clients' structures a lot right now. You know, they're trying to address power dynamics. They're trying to address systems that perpetuate inequities within their staff, within their clients. And as soon as a staff member brings it up, it gets so tense. And I think it's because this climate we've been in. And so maybe, just maybe, like this is my, maybe uh, me putting on my rosy colored glasses. <laughs> mm. I think we need to uh, trademark that, by the way, since it's not a thing. Rosy colored. <laughs> yeah, it's totally not a thing. <laughs> But anyway, so my rosy colored glasses is that if with the change and maybe a reduction in the daily attacks on people in this country, um, specifically because of their, their race, their gender, their immigration status, et cetera, 
then maybe we can actually have more productive discourse that will allow real change to take shape, um, change that we haven't yeah. seen in the last four years, clearly. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, which is what we're hearing everywhere, is that yay and still so much work to do. Yeah. And so as donors, as philanthropists, how can we impact that work? And that's by funding these organizations that are leading it. Yeah, exactly. It, it goes back to what we've always said, um, and especially we've been saying for the last however many months of the, the pandemic, we need to be funding these grassroots organizations that are run by people from that community who are engaging, who are enabling, who are lifting those communities up. Those are the ones yeah. who are not only going to continue to see amazing civic engagement and shifts, but they're the ones who are really going to be able to change and mold and uplift their own communities. Yeah. So hopefully we are turning that corner and the next four years will just be more of that. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a actually room for hope for the first time in a while. Right. I forgot what it feels like. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, we, as always, would love to hear from you. Um, maybe you agree with us. Maybe you don't. Either way, we'd love to hear about it. How can they get in touch? They can email us, nonprofitreframe at gmail.com. They can find us on Facebook or Instagram at nonprofitreframe or Twitter. Nope, we're not on Twitter. That's just me. Never mind. <laughs> on TikTok? Nope, not no. yet. Mm -mm. Um. And just this goes right in. I've got to say it because if I don't say it, it doesn't feel like we're ending the episode. Mm -hmm. But going with what we are just stating, now is the time. It's still the time. It's still raining. Yeah. Even though even though we had this win, um, it is still raining. And your local nonprofits are still struggling and trying to figure out um, how they're going to make it through. This is the most philanthropic time of the year. It's end of year giving. I, I'm sure we're going to be talking about that again soon. That was the topic of our very first episode. So it just feels right to come full circle and talk about it again. Um, so now is the time to be supporting your local nonprofits. They are counting on it. They need it this time of year to move into 2021. So if you have capacity, please give and give generously. Thanks, everybody. We would like to thank our sponsors. Mission Launch is a Colorado-based nonprofit consulting firm focusing on fundraising and board governance. You can learn more at missionlaunchco.com and Jake Walker Music, who provides our theme music. You can find him at jakewalkermusic.org. Thank you so much.